Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch community, and welcome to episode 157 of the 167 Podcast. I'm Shannon Patterson, your lead pastor at the Porch Community Church, and as always, I'm with my good friend, your media pastor, Josh Harrell. Hey, Josh. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? It's going good. I'm yeah. I'm trying to adjust myself on this stool right here, and it's... Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Okay. There we go. Uh, it's going good. It's yeah. going good. Yeah. Good Tuesday kind of day. It is. Listen, let's just cut. Let's just cut the chit chat. Okay. You said you had a good story to tell I me do. in host chat, and I want to know what it is. Okay. So <laughs> when you go on vacation and you come home, sometimes there might be like something's happened at your house that you weren't aware of, right? Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. It seems I've had a couple of times through the years where one horribly our AC went out. Yeah. Like that, and it's summer. That's usual. While we're gone. Like yeah. that, and that's usually the worst of it, right? Mm-hmm. How would you like to come home and your house be torn down? Mm. This happened to a lady in Atlanta. Oh no. Yep. So she was on vacation? She was she was on vacation and her house was accidentally <laughs> demolished. Oh, no. She's on vacation, and she gets a call from one of her neighbors and go, hey, why are they tearing down your house? And she goes, I don't know. They shouldn't be. No. And she goes to the whoever's in charge, mm-hmm. and he goes, hey, are you sure you're at the right house? And he dismisses them uh-huh. and says, don't worry. Mind your own business. Oh, wow. Yeah. And... Then she calls a family member to go out there, mm-hmm. and it's like, and finally, after some conversations, he looks at his orders, and he's at the wrong house. Oh my word! And he has torn down this lady's house, and that's why he carries insurance. I bet. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, yep. moral of the story: check your address, people. Yeah, check the address, especially but, if you're in the demolition business. But so they they've <laughs> they just packed up and left, and. Left it as is, and as of this past Sunday, no, they were sending all calls to voicemail, and sure enough, their voicemail was full, like any good contractor. Oh, my word. Yeah, and as of this article on USA Today, they have not, uh, the um, construction company has not uh, made any public statements. <laughs> and I want to thank Kara for, sen- for <laughs> sending me this article last night. Oh, uh, my goodness. That is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, and it, that's not like a, that's not like a, oh no, we painted the wrong house that no. you can fix. It's, <laughs> we, it. we demolished the house. Like, could you, could you think if like she didn't have any like concerned neighbors? Oh man. And when she got home, because when you're coming home and like you're traveling. You just want to use your own bathroom. <laughs> she doesn't have one anymore. She doesn't have one. You just want to wash your clothes. There's no ma'am. <laughs> not here you're not <laughs> no oh that's horrible so what did was there like a follow-up i mean is this just recent yeah this was um oh wow this article was published today's the 24th the 22nd dang so, okay, so it, Sunday. it was this week um yeah i'd love to hear from the homeowner that poor lady i'm sure i wonder if there's like a GoFundMe for or something i don't i probably oof but wow the and I and I don't want to name the company that did it because that's just not cool. I mean, I it would it wouldn't take anyone who's even remotely interested. 
uh, but two seconds to find out who it is, I'm sure. But daggum. Oh, like, that's and, bad. And you go, you hear about that stuff way off. That that's was in right. Atlanta. So, you know, sometimes when you go on vacation, especially if you've got kids, but sometimes when you go on vacation, you come back, and I've said this for years, sometimes you need a vacation from your vacation. Yeah. Because, like, you're worn out. This poor lady. She just needs another <laughs> vacation. She's probably afraid. She's probably never going on a vacation <laughs> no. ever again the rest of her life. So she's not leaving a two-block radius of her house. Yeah. So the family member said, well, I want to see a permit or something. And the guy pulled it out, and he said, oh, I'm at the wrong address, and just packs up everything and leaves. And wow. the house is gone already. Like, they were already done demolishing. They were cleaning it up. Mm. I just, oh, I wonder if that guy's looking for a job. He has to be. <laughs> or, actually, I hope he was the business owner because there's no one to blame but himself uh, at that yeah, point. I hope so, but it probably wasn't. Yeah. Most likely. Most likely his boss was on, like, the ninth hole somewhere playing and got a phone call. Uh, boss? Um... I got to tell you something. <laughs> Man, that's horrible. <laughs> um, yeah, well, anything I could have told you about how I'm doing on my normal Tuesday, that just was, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I thought you'd enjoy that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, Kara. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> um, so, hey, before we talk about today's topic, because it it's, it's a continuation. Last week we talked about Israel and Hamas and... Um, you know, what's going on there and the conflict there. And I wanted us to actually talk more about it today. Uh, but before we do that, um, we got some really cool, we, we, our Porch Fest is this Sunday. This Sunday, 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 Sunday. Be there, be there. <laughs> Monster trucks. Not really. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah four, four to six o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Come and hang out. Um, if you are obviously listening to this between Thursday and Sunday afternoon of, you know, so of October or whatever we are at this time frame, um, the six, 26th through the 27th. No, don't 20, listen to me. If you're listening to the week it came out. Yeah, if you're listening to the week it came out, bring out your best chili. We'd like to have some of it. Yep, we have a chili cook-off, <laughs> our second annual chili cook-off. I just want to taste the chili, but... yep. There's also a competition. And there's some really cool prizes. Yep, yep. So um, that's going to be fun. And then we have just really cool, like, petting zoo. Um, I, I did kind of I did kind of uh, giggle a little bit right before I went up Sunday as Justin was coming down the steps. The announcement video was going. And yeah. it's not nothing was wrong about it at all. But in my kind of warped brain, what I heard in succession in this order was petting zoo, axe-throwing, chili cook-off so it was just like yeah that makes perfect sense as long as it's not land-based <laughs> chili yeah so <laughs> it's like that would make sense if you've got a petting zoo and axe throwing that then mm -hmm. you've got to have the the ingredients for yep. your, your chili but um anyway it's going to be a really good time we, it's we, you missed good. the like uh uh trip through the herb garden the herb garden yeah. yes yeah we got to go through the herb garden on the way well there's a garden out there see yeah. what's growing wild so but yeah, looking forward to that. And, um, you know, we've got some things coming down the road, Josh. I'm I'm excited about for our church. Um, we're finishing up the Acts series in the next week or two. Uh, we've got a special guest speaker. Coming up. November yep. 5th. Uh, no, uh, November 12th. 12th um, Than Graffin. 
Grapham from Hope International. It's a yep. mission group. Um, they are they're actually out right now in country somewhere uh, serving, and um, it's they are the group that we are partnering with for our Central America mission trip. Yep. Uh, that's happening in February, and mm-hmm. so it's going to be really cool to hear from from them, from from Than and his wife about uh, the ministry and what they're doing, and and how the Lord's been working. And we're going to receive a special offering that day to help um, offset the cost to help you know support those who are going on the trip. Yes. So how many people do we have signed up right now? For Ten. The trip? Ten. So ten. We were like, hey, if we get ten, we're going to do it. So that was that's a great yep. great start. There you go. We got ten. Yep. So um so. I look forward to that. And I just wanted to say that now because, um, you know, anytime we don't do a lot of special offerings in nope. that way, um, but we really would, would like our people to to um, step step up a little bit and say, hey, we want to help support those who are able to go and yep. serve. So. And, and we're also getting into the um, holiday season. So that mm. means that our Christmas impact is about to launch. Oh, yeah. Now, that's going out before. Yeah, that'll be going out next November fifth. November fifth. <laughs> it should be actually in the um, Sunday scroll. Mm-hmm. There should be a graphic with a QR code so people can go ahead and sign up and wow. go ahead and um, claim what uh, demographic of child they yep. they want to um, like age, age, male or female, gender, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Go ahead and get that taken care of. Um, so it's a quicker process when we, uh, yeah. publicly launch when it's live, live November 5th. Yeah. So this year we're doing, if you've done our Christmas impact before, um, this year's a little bit different in the past. We have, uh, had backpacks. And so you, what we asked is for our people to purchase the backpack and then go and fill them with the suggested list you get for the child that you sponsor. Um, this year we're not doing the backpacks. We've done them consecutively for four, three years, I think. Yeah. And so um, this year we, we've done is you don't have to pre-purchase a, a backpack. We are supplying you with a very large, I think they're technically called bicycle bags. I think they're bike gift um, bags. But they're those ginormous gift bags, and each person will get one with the child's information. And then you can purchase... Uh, whatever items you purchase for your child, you can. I would recommend that you wrap them individually and then put them in the large bag. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but anyway, and you'll be able to receive that, get the information, and we're doing it a little bit earlier this year. Um, for the main reason is because, you know, the Thanksgiving holiday for our schools, it's uh, it's a full week of school. Yes. So in some cases, you've got, you know, you have the weekend. And then the week that you're out, and then another weekend. So the weekends bookend that whole yes. break. And we know that a lot of people will be here, there, and everywhere. Mm-hmm. So we thought, well, the sooner we can go ahead and give out, uh, start our Christmas impact, uh, mm-hmm. then make sure that we have more opportunities for people to get. Last year, I think it was one Sunday. It and was we, gone. It was gone. Mm-hmm. So we do have, we're still partnering with our Lowndes uh, County Schools uh, Migrant Education mm-hmm. uh, Program. And then also one of our community ministry partners, Living Bridges, um, Darcy is getting together um, the the information we need for the children that are a part of Living Bridges. Their parents are part of it and are, you know, actively participating in the program. So we're yeah. excited to add them in this year. Mm-hmm. So that's coming uh, in the next couple of weeks. So and then there's other things coming down the road. We're excited about. Um, <clears throat> 
it's just it it feels like there's a lot and there is but it's all like really exciting Mm -hmm. it's not like you know when you you feel like midterms are coming and you're like oh like this is like oh stuff to do stuff to do so this is the kind of busy i love yeah for sure yeah for sure yeah yeah so um well, I guess before we actually talk about um, continuation of conversation about Israel today, um, we're, we're going to talk about what I would put a title on it, is the vital importance of Israel's survival. Um, and look at this from a biblical perspective, of yeah. course. Um, is You said that you saw that, that a lot of people were very interested in our topic last week yes. as far as this goes. So. We wanted to continue this conversation because I'm learning a lot in the process of putting this down in on on a page, you know, yeah. and and trying to I'm because I am not a scholar in, in this by any means, so um, or a or a good scholar or a dedicated scholar. Yeah, I no. guess if you're trying to learn, you're a scholar, but yeah. I wouldn't say that I'm proficient or anything like that. No, so. and I just watch a lot of History Channel documentaries. <laughs> there you go. Hey, that's learning. That's yeah. learning. So. Um, so the vital importance of Israel's survival. Think about this. This kind of starts us off. Um, can you think of another nation that has survived as a distinct race after going through things like 400 years of slavery, two destructions of, of, their, of their place or where they lived, their society, their rule, Several deportations, so when they're just kicked sh- they're just kicked out, two thousand years of dispersion where they just went all over the place, not as a collective group, but everywhere separately, and a holocaust. There is none. No, <laughs> there is no other nation. No, because that the one before the holocaust. I mean, every other um, definitive group had assimilated mm-hmm. in other things and lost their identifiers. Right, and they never came back together. There was no. nothing that pulled them back together because, like you said, they they lost that. Yeah. They, they lost it. So. And, uh, and because, like, <clears throat> you, you know, you talk to people that... Because it's very interesting when you... Outside of the Jewish community, you th- it's very interesting when you, like, find someone that holds on to some of those mm-hmm. identifiers. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Uh, Someone that's from like uh, the Gypsian descent, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that they, they're probably one of the w- groups that still holds on to. Yeah, but they didn't go through all that um, mm-hmm. the Jewish culture did. But they're one of those ones when someone identifies, you go, "Wait a minute, those kind of y'all are still around." <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. My time that I spent in Romania uh, doing missions, uh, there's definitely a large Gypsy uh, uh, lineage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but very despised in other countries, very, very despised. And, and I don't think they have that commonality where they're like, let's all have a, the state of, of being a gypsy. I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah, you know? and, and that's one of the ones where, like, people are still holding on to it. I mean, when you think of, like, uh, a Germanic tribe. Mm-hmm. Like, no one knows what Germanic, if you're white, no one knows what Germanic <laughs> tribe you um, yeah. came from. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you just know that. Well, and I would say even, um, so I'm Native American. I think mm-hmm. I've shared that before. I'm a, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a card-carrying member, so I have a card from the Bureau of Indian Affairs that mm-hmm. lists me as a member of the Choctaw Tribe of Oklahoma. Um, and Mallory has one, um, and it shows the... You know, it shows like the the connection there, 
And, um, but I am not a, you know, like I'm not, I, I get information from them like in an email, but yeah. I'm not, you know, uh, like pursuing uh, constant, you know, information about being Choctaw. Yeah. Uh, because there are other aspects of my life where I'm not Choctaw. Mm-hmm. And so you, I mentioned that because how easy it would be just by a couple of generations to no longer hold on to those identifiers that you mentioned and just be like, eh, I'm just like everyone else. I'm Heinz 57 and, and we're all here and I'm this and I'm that. And and for and for the Jewish people, it w- their lives would be easier if they did that. Right, right. But they also have a, a background in their, well, I would guess probably most races probably do in some regard, where they did not want to marry and and produce children outside of their of their race but i mean obviously that happens you know now is the jewish people a race um that's a good question i would think so um but i'm not sure how that's listed and that might be like a really ignorant response on my part where it was once considered a race um but now it's considered a religion but i am under the understanding that it is both a religion and a race, and also a nation. <laughs> so there's another question. Name another entity that is both a race, a religion, and um, a like physical, uh, you know, land-held nation. So mm. you know, that's good. That's a good way to think about. It. So um, as we talk about the vital importance of Israel's survival, and you think about what they have endured. Um, there, you know, when you think of the word survival, you might just think, well, I just, they need to be protected like, uh, militarily or, you know, with, uh, walls and a defense system and that kind of survival and sure. But, you know, you, you kind of touched on this, Josh, where there is not just the survival of the people and, and the survival of the land, but the survival of the faith. So mm-hmm. it's a very intertwined thing. Yeah. Um, so this website called Jewish Learning. Uh-huh. Good would, place to go if you want to yeah. learn about Jewish things. Uh, the short answer is no. Jews oh. are not a... And this is like... They would say they're not a race. But it says uh, sects of Judaism would consider themselves a race. Okay. Because it's the people of Israel. Correct. So right. they, would be a, they would be a race defined by geolocation. Mm. But people that see it as more of a religion that is open to all races mm-hmm. would never classify it as a race. Mm. So it so it can be classified as a race, mm-hmm. but they would say that they can trace their lineage back to Israel, the landmass. Right. But it is it everyone agrees that it is a religion, a culture, and a geolocation. Okay. Okay. Interest that's that's good stuff. So yeah. um so here's what I want us to look at today, because you just mentioned some of those aspects. Um, what are here? Here's some aspects of what is it? What creates the importance of of Israel's survival? What what makes up this vital importance? Well, first of all, like the geolocation you said, is the land, the land, and we're going to look at scripture here. I mean, we could we could do the the socio political conversation, and it might work its way in here a little bit, but it's. Let's look at the scriptures. Um, the land, Israel, mm-hmm. it belongs to God. Okay, and yes. that's that's where the problem begins. Mm-hmm. Um, 
is those who say no, it does not. Um, but uh, we'll start with um, Ezekiel is kind of our main text um, today. Ezekiel and uh, chapter thirty-six. It's a it's a very it's a long chapter. We're not going to just read through it verse by verse, but I want to highlight a couple of verses in it. Um, this is what Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 5 says. We're talking about the land, and this is an aspect of the importance of Israel. Um, this is Ezekiel 36, 5. This is what the sovereign Lord says. In my burning zeal, I have spoken against the rest of the nations and against all of Edom, for with glee and with malice in their hearts, they made my land their own possession so that they might plunder its pasture land. So how does God refer to the land? He calls it his. It's his. Yeah. This is my land. This is my land. Now, I have to say, when I read this, when I was looking at this, and I read that phrase, with glee and with malice in their hearts, I could not help but think about the um, the victim uh, accounts of the Hamas attack as they went through these different kibbutzes, like neighborhoods, mm -hmm. and how they were laughing and videoing and smiling, and like they had like a a, a fanatic kind of like you know this is amazing countenance as they were butchering people mm -hmm. malice and glee you might think well those two words can't go together but they certainly can you see it here even in scripture so god calls it his land verse 20 of ezekiel 36 it says this and wherever they they being the israelites wherever they went among the nations so you think about the dispersion you think about the times they were uh you know all over the 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 map Wherever they were, wherever they went among the nations, Gentile nations, they profaned my holy name. For it was said of them, these are the Lord's people, and yet they had to leave his land. So it was almost like a, a, a mocking of, oh, you're God's people, but you've left the land that you said he promised to you. Mm -hmm. um, so um, it's, it's interesting. So God calls it his land, but even here, his, the enemies of God identify it as God's land. Yeah. You know? So who has the, the right to the land? You think about nowadays, depending on depending on who you are, uh, whether you would be, you know, if someone's a, a Jewish person living in the land currently or a Palestinian um, or one of the Arab neighbors or just someone else on the globe that's watching this, there are, without a doubt, Josh, there are claims and counterclaims and then counter counterclaims and then yeah. counter counter counterclaims, depending on which period of history you're looking at of who owns the land of Israel, who has the right to the land, because this has gone on and on. They've been in the land, they've left the land, then they brought back to the land. Other people lived in the land. This has gone on and on. Palestinians might say, well, you know, okay, Israel has it, they're in it right now, but before they were there, we were there. Mm-hmm. Well, and then Israel will say, well, yeah, but before you were there, we, we were, were there. there. And then yeah. someone else would say, well, before you were there, we were there. I mean, yeah. it's a historical thing. It's, is it, uh, you know, we're not having the the war, so to well, we're not. But again, talking about Native Americans, you know, like we don't, I don't know if anyone calls it Columbus Day anymore because he didn't, one, discover America. It was already here. And number two, uh there were people. I mean, there were people already here. You know, they call it Indigenous Peoples Day. If you what, look on your calendar, what what day? 
It was uh, lastly. It's usually like the second Monday in October. Um, uh, Apple Calendar has Columbus Day. Really? Yep. See, in my Google Calendar has Indigenous Peoples Day. Apple Calendar has Columbus well, Day. I know people still call it that, but it's like, but it's that idea of well, okay, did Col- did Columbus find this place or was it already here? You know, there's this oh, but counterclaim, counterclaim going on. So, um, just wait till they have the moon conversation. Who <laughs> saw it first? Yeah, you know, or who landed on it first? Well, we did. Did we? Technically. Hmm. Okay, so um, no human court, I, I, no human court could settle this matter right now. Of of who it originally belongs to, everyone's gonna go back, I, back, that, back. That's not technically true because um, if there is a court that uses the Bible as their book of law, mm-hmm. which it would in Israel, or the Torah. Well, okay, let me rephrase my statement. Because no human court could ever settle the matter in a way that would be amicable to all parties. Okay, so and that's where you get that's where you land. It's you're not going to have a, a a Muslim Palestinian saying, "Yes, I agree with the Bible." You know, like so, you're not going to find that that kind of peace mm-hmm. connection there. So, like you just pointed out, let's let's appeal. Let's look at a higher authority. We're yeah. looking at Scripture. If you believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God, then the ownership of the land is it's settled. That's not an ambiguous thing. It's it's his land. It's his land. You could even go back to creation itself and say it's his world. Mm-hmm. And he has repeatedly talked about this land being the land for his people. So not only did he create the entire world, but then he's like, this place, this place is for my people. Um, looking in Leviticus chapter 25, a couple of verses there I want us to look at. Um says here, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when you enter the land I am going to give you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath to the Lord. The land must not be sold permanently because the land is mine and you reside in my land as foreigners and strangers. So God's saying, this is my land that I've made for you. Like you, when you're here, you're, and verse, um, that's verses uh, two and 23, kind of mash them up there. Um, you know, so what will happen? Politicians, um, you know, pe- people of, of power, uh, people with a microphone, they could talk all they want about uh, what Israel should do, what they shouldn't do, where they should be, where the lines should be drawn, what policies they should you know, we should, they should write or adopt and all this. Who, who has the right to be where? What about Gaza? Um, should the land be divided or not? You can have all of this, but if you, if you're a, um, if you view the scriptures as, as the inspired word of God, mm-hmm. then the scriptures show us that this land is God's land. Yes. Um, he gave it to Abraham and then to Isaac and then to Jacob and then their descendants which is the nation of Israel. Mm-hmm. Going back to Ezekiel, Ezekiel um, it, verse 28 of, of uh, chapter 36 says this, um, then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. So this is talking about, okay, the land was given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? But it says, then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. Ezekiel was a prophet 
and this is what he was prophesying over um, uh, over this. Here's an interesting tidbit. Here's a little bit of trivia for y'all. By every single Old Testament prophet except for Malachi repeats the land promise to the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, every one of them. Yeah, so but, he doesn't deny it. He just doesn't mention it. Yeah, but isn't like the Isaac Jacob thing really the reason for all the fighting? Um. Well, no, that would be Jacob and Esau. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. one more down. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 But isn't like and then the reason all this is happening? Really? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, it's Jacob's land. Uh, yeah. And yeah, a lot of that does. We sh- that should be a road we go down. Woo! Yeah. Because I yeah. mean. I mean, didn't it say like that your descendants will fight over mm-hmm. it because you've done oh, yeah. this? Your descendants oh, yeah. will fight over yeah. this forever because of this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it goes back into the scriptures explaining the fact, um, but you see repeatedly how God saves Israel, how God restores Israel. There's a what people a lot of people might not realize is Israel has gone through a lot of restoration, mm-hmm. um, destruction, rebuilding, destruction, rebuilding. Um, you know, so, and we'll even see it. We, in modern times, you see the destruction or the dispersion and then the, the mm-hmm. reestablishing, the rebuilding of it. Well, and, and I mean, if you look at this from a Christian lens, you could even say that the um, people of Israel are still in rebellion. Oh, well, that's where I wanted to go next week. Oh, okay. Yeah, is like the the um what's what's the phrase i was thinking of is okay so this is we're talking about the restoration of the land yeah next week i want us to look at the spiritual restoration still has not occurred exactly but it says it will so we will we'll get there you know we'll I'm, well we pray they will get there but we will talk about they it they will too, get so. there yeah, yeah they will they will um will so, we see it <laughs> So when we talk about um, the vital importance of Israel's survival, first of all, the land, we just start there as we see from Scripture, God declares, this is my land, this is my land, and I have given it to my people. So that's one aspect of, of, uh, of this. And then, um, there's, so there's the land, but then there's the promise, we just touched on it, for his chosen people to have, have it. So the prophecy that... Um, Ezekiel chapter 36 and 37. Um, I'm sorry, there's the land and then the promise. Did I already talk about the promise or did I smooth right past it? You went past it. Okay, sorry. My bad. Okay, so it's his land. Um, Making sure I get my notes right. All right. um, The land belongs to God. So the second component is the promise. The Mm -hmm. promise. Now, the promise is that it is a permanent inheritance. It's a perpetual inheritance. Just as it was from Jake, uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, it goes on and on and on and on. And that, that inheritance of his people, it's promised. This is what Psalm 105 says. Um, <clears throat> it says, beginning in verse 8, he, God, remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac, He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, to you that, quote, this is God speaking, I will give the land of Canaan as the portion you will inherit. 
So, I mean, you see it right here in, there's a pro, it's the promise. It was a covenant. It was an oath. It was a decree. Um, and then an everlasting covenant just to the people of Israel. This is, this is the land mm-hmm. and I've given it to you. So there's the land given by God. There's the promise for his people to have it. And now we want to look at the prophecy of it. And we see in Ezekiel 36 and 37, these, both of these chapters are <clears throat> full of predictions of how the nation of Israel is going to be restored. Now, remember when this was written, so it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen it in history. We've seen that happen. Um, when Ezekiel is giving them this prophecy, they are actually in captivity. So it's kind of like, oh, yeah, we're going to have this. Okay, well, we're in, we're captive. Um, they're no longer in their land. They had been there, but now they're out of it. Um, they've been taken captive. They're in a foreign place. They're in Babylon. And so they've had the land, but it's been taken away. But now here's the prophecy of, no, you're still going to have the land. How difficult would that be to receive and to understand? Um, and while they were in captivity in Babylon, Josh, they received news that Jerusalem had been destroyed. Yes. So pff, gone. And so the temple was burned down. It's annihilated. And that was the second temple, right? Yeah, and he's and it's yeah. and he's prophesying a restoration is going to happen that they're going to come back into the land. That had to be like unbelievable. Not only to the Jewish people, but the rest of the world. Oh yeah, is like you're not coming back here, which is part of the problem we see today. Yeah. Um, because of dispersion and and returning. Mm-hmm. Um, because that started being them being out of it for yeah. How it's long? like oh you're you're gone, so we're yeah. going to set up camp here. So yeah. Um, in verse eight of squatters Ezekiel, basically yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, have, you've seen lately like how people are doing Airbnb and then not leaving. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. It's horrible. So this is kind of what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. In verse eight of Ezekiel thirty six, it says this: "But you." Mountains of Israel will produce branches and fruit for my people Israel, for they will soon come home. So you hear the promise of even speaking to the actual land, you will produce, you will nourish, you will provide for the people who will soon be coming home. Home being that land. Yeah. So God promises this, this restoration that's fruitful. Um and to to even a, a land itself that will uh, sustain mm-hmm. those who it, that come home, uh, that the population is going to be there. Uh, Israel today has nine point three million people living in that tiny tiny place. Um, almost seven million of them are Jewish people. Yep. So, About the size of New Jersey, as we <laughs> yep. discussed in the so, last. So so the prophecy of this physical restoration. Is even is happening even there? It's like that that prophecy of you're going to be fruitful. Um, the physical restoration of the land also. It, we talked about historically it happened more than once. Uh, Six hundred and twenty years after Ezekiel's prophecy, okay, the Romans came and destroyed the temple the second time. Yes. That was the second. Yeah, time. yeah, that was the second time. The so, first one was the Temple of Solomon. Yes, and, and then, then it's. Uh, destroyed by the Romans, Mm -hmm. and that caused a dispersion that lasted for 2,000 years. Goodness gracious. So, again, not in the land. So for 2,000 years, there's a people without a country, a people without a a homeland, and that's where it goes, well, this has gone on for so long. Everyone must have been thinking, 
this is not, you know, going back is not, that's not a literal thing. Like we're not gonna, we're not gonna return to the actual land of Israel, but they're there now. Like yeah. it has happened. The nation has been physically restored. Uh, just for size mm-hmm. aspect, um, Georgia has a population of over 10 million people. The state of Georgia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have more people in our state than, than the nation of Israel, Israel has. Right. So, so what we've seen here is you see the land, you see the promise of the land, you see the prophecy that you're going to be there, even dispersed as many times, temple destroyed as many times, it's going to it's it's going to come to pass and now it's kind of like what's the big picture of this right this what now what do we see what how do we see this starting to play out and you can start to see it actually in the prophecy of Ezekiel in chapter 37 so 36 is the promise 37 kind of gives us this illustration of what it's going to look like so um some of you may be familiar with uh, Ezekiel 37 as being that um, wonderfully vivid illustration of dry bones coming to life. Yes, the Valley of Dry Bones, mm-hmm. and and God saying, "Will they ever come back?" And you know, Ezekiel's like, "Only you know, Lord, <laughs> only you know." <laughs> and so then he breathes into them, and they grow back. He's like, "And I'll bring the the sinews, the tendons will start to form, and and these these dry bones will come to life." Um, But listen to this. This is what God says to Ezekiel in verses 11 through 14. It's so beautiful. Um, It's graphic in a way, but it's beautiful. Now we've already gone through the graphic part. All right, not graphic, graphic like we would think today, but just... Imagery. Imagery, there you go. This is the God speaking. I'll, I'll be quiet. He says to Ezekiel, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, quote, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. I mean, you just look at what they've gone through. You go, yeah, they are. Verse 12, Mm -hmm. therefore prophesy and say say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, my people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. He didn't say a land. The, yours, your own. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean... When Ezekiel was given this prophecy, um, it was about 586 years before the birth of Christ. The nation just went from bad to worse. The temple was destroyed. The city was burned with fire. It seemed absolutely impossible that they they were dead as a nation. Someone could have asked the same question in 1947 after World War II and the Holocaust. I mean, I cannot help but when I read this in Ezekiel about the dry bones and think about the the images we've seen of the skeletal frames of Jewish people who had been in the concentration camps, Mm. who just the fact that they were even able to walk was a miracle. I mean, they were bones. Yes. And, um, I mean, that's an image that I that I have in my mind as I read that. Um, Before 1948, before the UN made the declaration, you could have in in 47 easily asked, can these bones live? 
can these people survive? Mm. Um, you know, one day after. It, so May, May 15th, 1948, right? The day after Israel became a nation. Right. Um, what happened? We talked about this last week. The very next day of their statehood, five Arab nations simultaneously attacked them. Egypt, Jordan, Syria, Lebanon, and Iraq all flooded in and to destroy them. And they didn't win. The people of Israel are still there. They mm -hmm. didn't leave, which yeah. you could have been like, well, we're out. Like, we're gone. Um, this question could have come up in 1967 in the Six-Day War. Um, what was the number? Israelis aren't, the Israeli army was outnumbered. This is like biblical proportions here. 50 to 1. Yeah. 50 to 1. 5-0. Can these bones live? Yes, they I did. I think that's actually why that's always like considered the underdog bet. Yeah. Yeah. The I, 50 think to it's one. A, I think it's that reference. Yeah, it could be. So we have seen in our own uh, centuries, we have seen these bones come together. We've seen the promise um, that was given to Abraham that was that's been fulfilled. I want to read a quote from uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister of Not Button. Huh. Oh, no. sorry. Oh, Benjamin Button, got you. Yeah, Benjamin Netanyahu of, of Israel, the prime minister. This was actually from 2015, so this is not a recent, uh, you know, especially with, with what's gone on since October 7th. Um, but this was, he was making an address to the UN General Assembly, and he just, he touches on some of these truths of this is their land and God's going to uh, bring their dry bones to life. Um, it says this, um, Part of this speech I want to share. It says, In every generation, there were those who rose up to destroy our people. In antiquity, we faced the destruction from the ancient empires of Babylon and Rome. In the Middle Ages, we faced inquisition and expulsion. In modern times, we faced um, the Holocaust. We faced, yet the Jewish people persevered. And now another regime, he's actually referring to Iran mm -hmm. here in 2015. Yeah. Another regime has arisen swearing to destroy Israel. That regime would be wise to consider this. I stand here today. This is like so powerful. I stand here today representing Israel, a country 67 years young, but the nation state of a people nearly 4,000 years old. Yet the empires of Babylon and Rome are not represented in this hall of nations. Neither is the thousand-year Reich. Those seemingly invincible empires are long gone, but Israel lives. The people of Israel live. Mm, that that's powerful. That's a mic drop. Yeah, like where's your where's the Babylon here in the UN? Who's the who's the UN rep from Babylon? And the Roman Empire. Yeah, the Roman Empire. Anyone? 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 Oh, the Reich. Anyone? So since seventy A.D. to nineteen sixty seven, the Six Day War, the forty different nations that have ruled that land. Today, it is under Israeli control. The nation of Israel is under Israeli control. They're in the land today, and it's in part. That's part of the fulfillment of the prophecy. It's not the total. We're gonna we want to talk about yeah more of that. It's not the total fulfillment. It's a partial fulfillment that they actually in the land, because Ezekiel prophesied for a spiritual restoration, mm -hmm. um, a a regeneration spiritually back to God. Right. So not just a land. 
Correct. Because today, even though you say Israel and you think Jewish and you think religious, and it is largely a secular state, 65% of Israelis are either not religious, meaning they don't practice at all, or they're self-proclaimed atheists. Really? Right. Even though earlier you said 7 million are yes. of Jewish. So, yes. So they would say they're Jewish, but not Which religious. Which is why I said, that's why I kind of said, I do think they view themselves as a race. But mm. I, I I, could be very ignorant on that. That that was kind of Well, I found point. one article on the internet. So. Okay, there you go. So, so yeah, 65% of them are not religious or they proclaim to be atheist. And so you think about that, how many, you know, who's believing in Jesus? So the bones Not are there. Not a lot of people in <laughs> right. Israel. It's The bones are there. It's just a body kind of awaiting breath. So what it is is like the bones got there. Yeah, yeah. Now the fulfillment. The revival, yeah, the the, the breath of God. Like yeah. Bringing into it. Here's an interesting stat if you for your trivia. In 1948, there were 23 Jewish Messianic Jews, believers in Israel. There were 23 people in Israel the na- they were there when they became a nation that said, we believe in Jesus. 23. Today, there are around 30,000. I thought you were going to say 30. Now there's 30. They got seven more people. <laughs> 30,000. 30,000. So it's a significant increase, um, but that's not the, the total promise of this national belief, this restoration. So mm-hmm. that's what I want us to look at next week is what does the spiritual restoration of Israel look like? Because this is where, um, you know, you'll find most a lot of Christians, especially I would say um, if they are evangelical, if they are, um, you know, of the, uh, of the Protestant uh, background would say, um, we stand with Israel. We stand with with because they're God's chosen people. Yeah, there's plenty of church signs when you drive around town yeah, and say that. Yeah, um, and then the question comes: Well, why are we standing with people who deny? I mean, even as we've been in this Acts series, I mean, part of me the last couple of weeks have been like, man, I hate to be here sitting here going, and the Jewish leader said this and they said that because it's so difficult right now in in Israel. Yeah. But it's like they were denying and consistently, you know, uh, pushing back against Paul, and of course, you know. So it's just been interesting to think about that because there there will be it's been prophesied a spiritual restoration in Israel and that means you know a coming to Jesus you know so we'll see what that looks like and when that happens I yeah. don't know if it'll happen in our lifetime but I don't know but we'll see we'll see so um, that's that um, anything else you want to add in here this is this is kind of a lot to take in yeah. I would encourage you guys. Um, if you're interested in this, is go read Ezekiel 26 and 27 and yeah. get a much wider view of this. So um, I was looking at uh, the global population of Jewish people, mm-hmm. and um, they still have not hit, recovered the number of people that were lost during the Holocaust. Wow, I mean, well, yeah. I how mean, many? How many Jews died in six million? That's mm. like in 1939, there were 16.6 million Jews. Mm. In 2020, there were 14. Yeah. Wow. Well, we'll see how the um, how we look at the spiritual restoration of it uh, of them of the people, 
And this is where I think the role of, of Christians is. I mean, just mm-hmm. much like Paul, like this is our, this is part of our responsibility is we, we share mm-hmm. Christ. We share yeah. him with all people. And mm-hmm. that would be the Jewish people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all for today. Anything else we want to tag on? Uh, just come to Porch Fest. Oh, yeah. Come hang out with us Sunday, 4 o'clock. It'll be a really good time. Yep. We'll have a great time. And, um, yeah, we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks for listening. Uh, if this was an interesting topic for you and helped you kind of understand some things, um, we encourage you to share this and let others know about it. And most of all, we would love to see you in person this Sunday in worship at 9 or 1030 here at the Porch Community Church. So uh, you guys have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you later. See you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.